2: Welcome to The Hotbed, the podcast brought to you by The Hotbed Collective. This is our 6th series and we set up The Hotbed because we wanted to find out why women were having fewer orgasms than men, what we could do about it, what we could do about our sex lives in general and
3: our relationships. I'm Cherry Healy. I'm Aniki Somerville. And our co founder Lisa Williams is not here today, but she's here in spirit. Hey Cherry, so we're here again. Um, we Lisa's are. not here, but she is here. Her spirit animal is a donkey, she told me. Is it? Yeah, that's apparently.
2: very un Lisa, because she's very kind of quick. I would have said she's more of a meerkat.
3: Meerkat. Quick and sparky. And what's your spirit animal then? Um, a worm. A worm. What's yours? Um, mine is probably a tarantula.
2: This is the least
3: scary person I've ever met in my life. No, I'm a big, I'm, I'm a cuddly, I'm nice, saying, cuddly bear? A, a
2: cuddly tarantula. A cuddly tarantula. We've got Jacqueline Gold today. I'm I so know, excited. Jacqueline Gold.
3: I'm quite excited. Um, and I feel like um, I haven't been in an Ann Summers store for a while, because obviously she's the CEO of Ann Summers. I
2: remember when I first went into a Ann Summers store, It was, I was I, one of my boyfriends took me, and I was such a child, and I was really squeamish, and he was really... Um, sexually empowered and mm. obviously a grown up, and he was showing me some sex toys, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so embarrassed!" And I realised that I was a complete fool. I looked at my reaction. I thought, "What am I doing? I'm a mm. grown woman, and I'm, I'm, oh, I'm being squeamish about a sex toy. Like I have sex, mm. and most people do of a of an adult age. Um, why am I being so ridiculous about it?" And that's when I kind of slapped myself around the face. Metaphorically, and said, get and a said, life. I've got to become more empowered about this. this. is absolutely ridiculous. I know,
3: but there is unfortunately there's still that kind of sniggering. Yeah, I think when I mention about um, you know doing a podcast about sex, and I've said this before, is that. People sort of go, oh, you must have a really good sex life. Oh, I bet you got loads yeah. of sex toys. Oh, I bet you're always having sex all the time. You know, and you're like, they, they say it in quite a kind of hateful way. You yeah. know, and I'm like, no, I'm not actually like a bonobo. Like, I'm not going at it all the time. But I do talk about it. What's, but a, bono, the, what's a bonobo? Bonobo. Is, it's, the, it's the monkey that you never see because basically all really they do sex. is shag. So whenever you see documentaries... But essentially, this monkey is probably, I think, I might have to be tested on this, closest to us in terms of sort of, you know, relationship. But all they do is shag, shagging one another, shagging other monkeys, yeah. shagging trees. So you're
2: not a bonobo. I do think that there's a really, really odd... Um, connection between somebody talking about sex and wanting to learn about it and being a pervert.
3: Yeah, but that's the, the thing kind people of, imply that you are. When I tell people are. about
2: this, there's there's the implication that, and they always go, but you aren't your mum? Mm. You go, yeah, and I liked making shepherd's pie and I'm really good at helping my kids with their homework mm. and I also am interested in and enjoy sex. It's not yeah. that I'm having it any more than anyone else. It's just that I think it's really important to talk about it. It just makes it, if you remove shame from sex. Mm. It doesn't mean that you, it doesn't have to be kind of naughty and dirty
3: and fun and all those, all those fun things, but um you can talk about shame it in is a positive. very different. Shame yeah. is
2: incredibly different.
3: Well, we're bad at it as women, aren't we? We just, with yeah. the guilt and the shame,
2: the G, the GS. There's a lot of judgment, I think. There's a lot of um, sneering when it comes to this subject. If you are talking about it, um, I just think it's important to catch yourself because I do it, I think, sometimes, mm. you know, just. Catch yourself when you're going to that really horrible, judgy
3: place, and what's going on with you? What is probably more about you than them. I exactly. Would say. Um, okay, so here's um, Jacqueline, who is fabulous and was very honest. This is a sponsored post. This is a sponsored sponsored post. It's Anarchy here. I'm just calling you up because um, I've got my period. Um, I'm thinking I might try one of those new moon cups.
0: Oh, moon cup, you say? Well, that happens to be my favourite subject. How did you know?
3: I just guessed. You're that kind of gal.
0: I'll take it. I actually did wonder what it would take for me to convince you to try moon cup. I've sort of had my eye on bringing you to my side, the dark side of
3: the moon. Oh, I know, I know. And you're always keeping me up to date with all the latest things in sanitary care as well aren't you
0: (laughs) it's not a joke this is true um so I've been using my moon cup for a long long while it's the only one that's made in the UK it launched in 2002 and I started using one I think I was you know what I think I must have been one of the original users because I was at uni at that time and I saw it advertised on the back of a toilet door with a sticker it was kind of guerrilla marketing and I was like what's this moon cup thing and I tried it And I've got through about three of them since then. So I've kind of got rid of, of, you know, a couple. I lost one and the other one I just thought was looking a little bit sad and got rid of
3: it. When you say that you lost it, you didn't lose it inside yourself then? No,
0: no, there's no way. The only way is down from a vagina. There's no way all the way up. Um, Were you worried?
3: Yes, I was worried. I was worried. That was one of my barriers as to why I haven't tried it. Why else haven't you tried it, mate? Um, Well, I'm going to go back to my normal voice now because my uh, my accent wasn't working there. Um, I think one of the things I was worried about was kind of just how it feels and the size of it. Um, I suppose post-baby, still only a year and a bit in, um, I've been probably a bit more wedded to using towels just because they feel a bit more comfy.
0: There's two different sizes. So... You just have a look at the, the table and they've got a sort of slightly bigger one and a slightly smaller one, depending on whether you've had a baby and how old you are. They've got an advice line that you can call up and really have a little chat with them about any issues that you have. I know a lot of people have questions about whether to use it with, you know, a coil or anything. And I'm not best placed to answer that question, but they have an advice line that with medical professionals. So if you are worried, you could give them a ring.
3: Oh, well, thank you, Lisa. Thank you for all your advice on the Moon Cup. Have I have I won you over? Well, you know what? I think I might give it a whirl. What have I got to lose, really? Um, and I guess there's also the whole area of wastage as well. And uh, I'm feeling a bit guilty about my carbon footprint and all that stuff. So uh, that's another reason to try it.
0: It's true. And if you go to the Moon Cup web, they've got this amazing ticker it's like a real-time ticker that tells you how many tampons and towels have been diverted from the waste stream so every time they sell a moon cup they kind of work out this is how many tampons and towels that we are saving so look at it you'll find it very motivating right while you're there Mm -hmm. listeners if you want to buy a moon cup you can use the code hotbed and get 10% off which makes it around or less than 20 quid.
3: Mm. Can you give me that little address again, that information again, please? It's mooncup.co.uk. All right. I'm off to go and have a toasted cheese sandwich now. See you later. End of the sponsored post.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today.
2: I'm so excited to welcome Jacqueline Gold CBE into our studio (laughs) I never had a CBE We never had a CBE in here I'm so excited Now Jacqueline I've met you before But Anarchy you haven't And get ready Buckle up lady I know So I call Jacqueline The patron saint of sex Wow Is is... that your official term?
4: (laughs) That's a lot to live up to (laughs) It is
2: You've already lived up to it It's fine You've done the hard work You can just bask in the glory So uh, Jacqueline is the CEO of Anne Summers Of course everyone knows what that is Um. And you're an activist for women in business. You're, you're a kind of force of nature. Um, you run... So you call Anne Summers a business for women run by women. And I've had the honour of coming to your headquarters, <laughs> sitting in front of all your staff, of which there are... It's mainly women. But there were some men there, and they even asked questions. Yes, they did. It was lovely. Um, and one of your favourite, You love the C word... You love the C word. See, my mind Confident. boggled when you said the I C know. word. I know. I said that to Anakin. She went, What, what do you mean? <laughs> um, I know you're all about confidence, about giving women confidence. Oh, totally. Um, and so, can we just dive right in there? So, one of the things uh, a Hotbed strives is to answer the question of why is there an orgasm gap? And you've been working in this industry for a long time, empowering women. Why do you think there is an orgasm gap? Men take longer.
4: Complicated? Men can often be impatient. Yeah. And the more impatient they are, the more longer we take.
2: Because if, mm. if there's pressure. It's like someone's watching you We, You can't yeah, mm. it's just like that. that. The more somebody's pressuring me to orgasm, that's it. I mean, it's not going to happen.
3: Yeah. I know, but it's sad, isn't it, that sometimes we would end up pretending that it's happened. Yeah. Um, And why do you think women do that? Because so at I the th- end, you're not really helping your partner, Because I think you? they feel
4: like under so much pressure... Um, and I think there is just this t- this tendency for women to put our partner first, um, and and uh, you know it's it's a, ter- and a men's impatience mm-hmm. and them and we're worried that they're not going to feel manly enough. I think there's all these things, that not, and it, I don't think it's just orgasm. I think women do have a lot of insecurities in the bedroom. You know whether it's about body confidence mm-hmm. or body image, and you know does my vagina look? Does yes. my vagina look normal? Mm, yes. Do my boobs look normal? Does he like them? And uh, we, we pile a load of pressures on, on ourselves. And, you know, even these conversations, which are brilliant, by the way, you know, I've just said the word vagina. How many women feel comfortable saying the word vagina? Mm. I work with a charity called The Eva Pill, and
2: they, um, they specialise in gynaecological cancers. And there's a horrible statistic about how many women die because they don't want to go into their GP because they don't want to say the word vagina.
3: Mm. Mm. Or show their vagina. And they often, often women don't know
2: what's the difference between a vulva, which is the whole thing, and a vagina, which is the inside bit. So mm. the, here's a tip. There's the word in in vagina. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> every day school day. Have you noticed that... So you've been working in this industry for a long time. Have you noticed that the landscape has changed because porn is now so mainstream and you can just get it at the flick of a button?
4: Um... Well, yes, obviously the the landscape has changed changed in many ways, but I think attitudes have changed. Um, you know, when I when I started my career thirty eight years ago, you know, women weren't empowered like they are today. Women are so much more empowered, um, and I think women want there is this appetite to want to talk about sex. I think the Me Too campaign has changed attitudes quite mm-hmm. considerably, actually. Um, How do you think it's changed things? Yeah, I think you know, obviously it was awful when it. F- when it all f- mm. was first exposed and you know we we're all shocked and horrified by it but actually there's also something very positive that's come from that because I think it's it's changed boundaries people know what those boundaries are now and I think women are much more confident about speaking up and saying this is not acceptable mm. so um you know I think often with with negative things good things come from it and uh, you know I'd like I think that has mm.
2: one of the things that you that you started out which has just become just a part of British culture and is the uh, is the, the parties at home how, is that how you got is that how you started the conversation with women? because I imagine that when you first started doing this, when you had your first stores, women weren't that keen on coming in
4: to yeah the, shops. It, the, the great thing about you know it's the heritage part of our brand and the great thing about the parties, which is really the, the part of the business that I founded, was that it became the induction into the stores. People would try out a party first, you know, before they'd go... In fact, Jacqueline, can you tell us about the parties, just in case people at home don't know what they
2: yeah. are, in case you in case you don't... i living under a rock.
4: See, okay, I've never... Be, I would
3: love to... I've are never they done still, one. Are they still existing? Yes, they still absolutely. Exist so, Anaki yeah. we should do a hotbed. We should bed. do a hotbed and summer's party. We should party. do a yeah. summer's party.
4: Why, Why we, have we, we not must done do this? That. It's a natural... It's a beautiful
2: marriage. It okay, is. Jacqueline, tell us about the parties. What happens? Well,
4: them? so I was invited to a Pippa D party, which... Some of the older listeners will remember Pipperdy. It's sort of like next close, let's say. Mm. Um, a sort of Tupperware-style party. Um, and women at these parties were sort of um, saying to me, they knew that I was working at Ann Summers for work experience, actually, at the time. Was it your father's store? Yeah, yes. he had two stores. And I was working there for work experience, no intention of staying. And... Um, yeah, these women were saying, why don't you do Anne Summers parties? We want to be able to spice up our relationships. And you couldn't buy sexy underwear in the high street like you can today. And you couldn't buy sex toys. You know, women were not empowered in the bedroom. It was a totally, totally different uh, experience. And I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to try this. So I decided to do a couple of parties myself. And I, I lived in Biggin Hill at the time. And I sort of got some friends together. And I remember doing this... And Summer's Party, well, the product at the time, because it was all aimed at men, was quite challenging. Um, In what way? Well, I had like this sort of hummingbird vibrator or, or, Mm. uh, you know, which was like a plastic, hard plastic sort of column Mm. uh, phallic shape. Yeah, absolutely, totally. Yeah, and the the lingerie.
2: I was reading something you wrote and you, you were saying that sex is very much for men. Totally. Not, the, oh, totally nothing about it was, was designed to empower women. Underwear was... If it was really sexy, it was incredibly uncomfortable
3: and the sex toys were, like, Well, we've torture. talked about I, that. Yes. We've sort of <laughs> said that, you know, the... The toys were often, I mean, I remember going into, you know, we're in Soho now, so obviously in the old kind of sex shops that were really designed for men, you know, with the kind of rainbow curtains. And I remember being a teenager and running in there as a dare. So, you know, we were, in, so we were all out together and, like, you know, a bunch of girls, went to an all-girls school, literally ran in. And it was just these guys with sort of long trench coats <laughs> totally. on. Totally. And sort of these little flat caps. And I remember one of them sort a of semi. Looked at me and was like, ooh, you know. And I was like, I felt so scared. Scared. But when you looked on the wall at the sex toys, they all seemed to be really big, phallic symbols, you know, massive sort of things, which for a teenage girl, I was like, what the hell? Oh, my God. What the hell is that? So it has changed, hasn't uh, it? Confused yeah. It's, <laughs> could probably be. are still thank those
4: God. sex yeah. toys. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you've you summed it up really, really well because it was the Raincoat Brigade, wasn't it? Let's face <laughs> it. And, you know, the products in there were like blow-up dolls. They would have been probably VHS videos. Oh and. God. um it sort if, of wet wipe. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh let's God. not go any further. Just other.
2: really seedy. Un, like I'm going to say, from a woman's perspective, seedy, unpleasant. There's some, and there's this. There was so much. There's so much shame around sex when it comes for women. It's not for women. That's what I love about the Ann Summer stores. Is that the doors are open. It's just a store. It's beautiful. The women in there are talkative and they know what they're talking about. It's just there's no shame there. And There's no shame walking into that shop. But that's a, that's a that's a relatively new thing. That's you did that. Yeah, and no and, one was doing that before.
4: And and that came on the back of the parties. So we started the parties and they they were like revolutionary because suddenly women were able to touch and feel and look at sex toys and talk about their sex lives and try underwear on. Obviously we moved on from the this sort of nylon see-through baby dolls. Okay. Um and uh, oh, I've, I love that! <laughs> Great. You, wish, you should wear
2: that for our next podcast. I will. I will.
4: Okay. Yeah. Do it for our, for the, our
2: um, show. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and you also use models that you can really relate to. They're like they're not stick thin. They're really relatable models. Everything is for women. Yeah. So, so how did how did. How did it transition from the parties to women to this wave of empowerment that we have now?
4: Well, we just... I mean, it's just been the most amazing journey. You know, to to start off with eight girls, actually, that I recruited from that first party... And by the way, I've just got to tell you this. I remember as I was sort of showing them the sex toys, I did the lingerie first and then the sex toys. And I know you can't see this on a podcast, but they were sort of passing them around. I'd switch on the vibrator. They were mm. passing around the sort of. Um, the, the, uh, Jacqueline's the, hands are shaking. My then. hands are shaking, <laughs> yes. The vibrators with the sort of excitement and nervousness and curiosity all at the same you time. You must have laughed so much. It was much. so, I mean, it was so insightful. And I just thought, there is something here, you know, that could just be amazing. And and when I look back, you know, over the years, it's been culture changing. I mean, I wondered, one of the things um,
3: we were wondering is because the times were so different then. Um, even now, we have this whole uh, phenomena of kind of, the, you know, slut shaming or, you know, um, really derogatory comments against women if they do stand up on maybe Twitter or something or if they're overtly sexual or talk about being empowered. Unfortunately, we're still in this kind of online world where people say things. What was it like for you in that context? Did you have men sort of pushing back in terms of saying that it was filthy? Or did you have women being judgmental about it? Or did you find actually people were relatively open-minded? Because it was such a different time. You know, mm. you didn't even have sex on TV at that mm. point. You know, if I'm trying to remember, I think there was a scene in Dallas, I'm really going back <laughs> a few years here, where Bobby was in the shower and the whole, like, series had been a dream. And people were really talking in school about the fact that he was in the shower because you saw this crop of Bobby you in the shower with a big hairy chest. And it was news, it was kind of newsworthy. And now I think, God, if you compare the kind of sex that we see on TV now, on Netflix, um, that was a real new thing. So did you feel there was a bit of a backlash with people? Because usually when you try something new, people do tend to push back, don't they?
4: Completely. I had so many challenges. I mean, I've been arrested twice. What? Yeah, Yeah. I've had a bullet through the post. Um, Why were you arrested? uh, Well, I was at the Women's World Exhibition in Bristol and I had a stand there and, um, you know, there was lots of makeup stands and fashion stands mm-hmm. and uh, I'd discreetly um, positioned the, the toys, you know, for people that wanted to come in and have a look. And, th- and I mean, this is I was probably about 25 at the time. This is quite a few years ago. And um, yeah, the, the police came over. They uh, um, took me to another room. And they said, you know, you've got to close down your stand. And I said, why? Why have I got to close down my stand? I sort of sensed they were a little bit out of their comfort zone, didn't quite know what they were talking about. Um, And there was one point during the show where I'd been handing out catalogues to people that wanted them and one woman came over and just sort of... Bashed her hand, and all the catalogues went everywhere. And I thought, I wonder if it was her that had um, because she reported was so me. That totally outraged. It, like it was indecent. Yeah, and he—they basically cautioned me and said, "Look, we will arrest you. We will charge you if you don't close down this stand." And I sort of sheepishly went back to my stand, feeling very sorry for myself, and thought, "No, you know this is not right. I'm not running a sex shop without a license, which is what they were accusing me of. I'm staying. I'm staying put." And um, and I did, and I lasted another three days without being Mm. (laughs) without being charged. So, you know, I think you know business is hard enough without you know sort of that type of thing being thrown at you. And I think just how much has changed.
2: Mm. Have any of your friends um, have they turned their noses up at it? Have you had any kind of close people close to
4: you? I've had listen, Sherry. I've had I've had loads of things happen to me, whether it be you know getting in the taxi and the taxi driver saying you know going to my head office. You're not going in there, are you? said, oh, why? What, what's, what's happening in there? He said, oh, you know what goes on in there? And I said, no, do mm. tell me. And he's saying, well, you know, women walking around in thigh-high boots and mm. fishnet stockings. I'm thinking, oh I've God. not seen them. So I said, bad. I work it... here.
3: It's because I, it. <laughs> I, I, mean... I, I, I own no. it and I don't own a person. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it funny, because when we started the podcast off, we were saying that when people even now, when people sort of talk about sex, sometimes there's that fear that you're going to be, it's all going to be about dungeon and being tied up yes. and kinky boots and quite extreme things. Yeah. Whereas actually what we tend to talk about quite a lot is what happens in long-term relationships or what happens when you've had kids. You know, just normal mm. everyday sex yeah. that people are having at home. Um, but that's probably partly because of the stuff we see on TV. You know, those kind of extreme shows where you're kind of seeing somebody being yeah, tied up. Yeah, sex or,
2: is either, either kind of um, Anne Whittacombe thinking, you know, waving hand mm, and saying, don't, you know, disgusting. you mustn't, you mustn't. Or... Um, Gimps and dungeons, and mm. there's there's almost like a gap in people's mentality about the middle ground sex, which is mm. having a sex toy, you know, under my pillow. Oh my God, God help me if anyone finds it. In the shame, the mm. shame <laughs> if anyone sees my, because I'm a heathen prostitute a woman And <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm a mum of two, and I just. I'm a really normal, I mean, natural body. Like,
4: really. you know, I, oh, the other thing is I remember is I was out, you, you were saying about friends, I was mm. out socially. This is, again, many years ago. And I had this new boyfriend and obviously I'd never met his friends before. Um, and one of them just kept banging the back of his hand against my thigh. And I'm mm. thinking, am I imagining this? What's he doing? And then I realised he's trying to see if I've got stockings and suspenders on. How sad is that? What that reminds me of, and what I think is, is such a shame there, because we've, we've been working on this new brand called MyViv, which stands for My Very Important Vagina. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and while we were, we were doing the research, one of the things that we found that we, that we came up against is that if a, if a man has a problem with prostate, let's say he's got prostate cancer or whatever, and mm. he goes to his doctor, the first thing the doctor will talk about is how this affects his sex life. Mm. But if a woman's got breast cancer, nobody... Nobody talks to her mm. about how this how this affects her sex life. You know whether she's going to experience dryness. Mm. Um, I mean, you you probably know that I've experienced breast cancer. Yes. You know, I was really worried: is my husband still going to fancy yes. me? You know, these are the things. They're genuine things that go through your mind and shouldn't be shunned away. We mm. should be able to talk about them. We shouldn't feel guilty. We shouldn't feel it's trivial. Yes. It's our right to have sexual well being.
2: But there's still mm. this
4: connection with a woman being bad. If she's sexual,
2: mm. that a woman is not. You can't be a lovely mum who makes a cracking lasagna and does a homework great and absolutely loves sex. Those two women don't seem to be able to coexist, which is why I think it's really these kind of conversations, what you're doing. And I think what the hotbed is mm. doing is really important. You talk about a bedroom revolution. And it's. I was just reading something uh, and how the rabbit vibrator just changed everything. Why is the rabbit vibrator, that particular one, so iconic?
4: Well, it, it's iconic initially because it was on *Sex and the City*, so um, yes, yeah, so that's where it How became did famous. Make it's
2: way over
4: there, I, I, I mean, this is a long time ago now, and but I, I think they just asked for the product. We, really? you know, and then the next day after it was shown, we we sold out. No, you know? really, uh, yeah, absolutely within within a day, and it suddenly became
3: one of the you know, characters. Basically, I can't remember which one it was. You might remember this, but she gets author. she basically just. Doesn't leave her house for a weekend,
1: and she, oh, Miranda, she almost
3: comes close to sort of death really because she's <laughs> using it so much. She's sort of, like, basically the entire weekend. Because it's a revelation that she can... And it is with sex toys, is actually, yes. oh, my goodness, there's this thing that I can achieve an orgasm really quickly on my own. Yes. Um, and I think... I'm pretty sure that that's what happened in the plot. It yes. was kind of like somebody had to come and rescue Let her... intervention. ...and say, listen, let's just take the batteries out for a little while <laughs> so you can go and have a coffee and a normal life for, you know, a couple of days. Because, you know, for a lot of women, it would have been a bit like that. So.
4: But it's important, things like that, because when that's shown, it almost... You know, at that time, it sort of gave women permission to Mm. masturbate, which was, like, unheard of. You know, only men do that. And all of a sudden, it was okay. And um, and I guess you could argue that uh, the Fifty Shades did that as well. Mm. You know, suddenly it moved erotic... Books from the back of the, the the bookshop to the front of the bookshop, mm. and then all of a sudden, one of my boyfriends bought me
2: that book, and he made a cover to go over it, so he, so I could read it on the tube. Oh,
3: really? <laughs> was it a picture of himself? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it
2: was actually a picture of all. Anyway, I,
3: I, I want to <laughs> read this slightly strange. It's so
2: funny. This is a, this is from an article you did in New Magazine. It said the sex toy's famous appearance on Sex and the City came in 1998 when Ann Summers went online a year later. Sales of its very own Rampant Rabbit exceeded 1 million within 12 months, outstripping those of washing machines and tumble dryers combined and giving social historians plenty of food for thought, never mind husbands and partners.
1: Is it
4: still really popular? What's what's your most popular sex toy? Uh, Well, what people look for, the two things people look for are power Mm -hmm. and... Discretion, so they want it to be quiet. Mm. So, yes. So the the rabbits, absolutely. But we do. We've got this one called Whisper, which ticks both those boxes. Oh, see, mm.
2: Anarchy. So we do the occasional sex toy review, and we're like the three bears. We're very different. We're like all books. Yes. So you like. You like hardly anything.
3: Well, I think the thing is, you're very. We're very different. We've I'm got an Lisa, Lisa's not here, so the, the third <laughs> co-founder. <laughs> yeah. She's always in the middle somewhere. But we had to review one product, which I think um, we're not being sponsored, so I don't need it to. Was being, it, but it was, it was like being licked by kittens. It was a it was a, a clitoral stimulator. So it's got a kind of round head, and it's and it looks like a penguin, doesn't and it? Looks like so a anyway, penguin. Um, I found that it was really, really quite aggressive. You know, so I said it was like an over ardent boyfriend. It's kind Kind of, like, when you're in the sixth form and the boyfriend's really, he thinks yes. that the harder the better, but it's not true. And you said it wasn't <laughs> I was hard like, enough. She was like, No, on. I need to turn it right up. I'm you. the girl from Sex and City
2: who needs an intervention. <laughs> I know.
4: <laughs>
3: she's, she's somebody like, yeah, she's basically at the point where you would probably, you'd, you'd need the hardcore,
4: you'd need the oh, yeah.
3: the very highly powerful. Absolutely. Sort of, yeah. Absolutely. I'm just also, I'm just so efficient. It's,
4: it's very efficient. It's, it's morgasm for you. Yes. Yes. Definitely.
3: Definitely.
2: That's the one. Yeah. Oh, really? Is that the one? Okay. That's, that's the I'll one for you. It's super powerful. Yeah, as we mentioned earlier, one of the big, big obstacles I think for women embracing their sexual self is um, lack of self confidence, mm. lack of body confidence. Yeah,
4: maybe. I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree, and I think that that's why we're really, you know, we we have this girl squad. I mean, I go to the photo shoots myself because it's that important. Mm. Um, and I and I and I see these girls, and it, it's not about size. It is not about size. I mean, you know feeling sexy it's 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 individual it's ageless Mm. um and it it changes throughout a woman's lifetime and but it's it's about being confident in your own skin that is so important after you Mm. had breast
2: cancer how did you find your sexy again how did you give that to yourself
4: yeah it was it was difficult you know there's no there's no dressing this up it was really hard i mean you know i i had a, a mastectomy and um I had a reconstruction at the same time, but that doesn't mean to say, you're suddenly, you know, you have to go through a number of processes. Um, And I was sort of thinking, how do, you know, will my husband still fancy me? How will I feel about myself, let alone how he feels? Mm. Um, So I remember coming out of surgery and thinking... You know, my, my doctor saying, have you looked yet? And I think, oh, God, God I don't know God. if I can. It's... That's really scary. I know, it mm. was scary. Um, and I thought, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to look. I'm just going to touch. I'm going to touch first. That's interesting. So I remember touching. And I actually got my husband to do the same thing. I said, don't look. Just just touch it. Get used to how it feels. And then I slowly sort of looked and thought, actually, you know, that's OK. It's not as bad as I thought. And then you just go on this journey. And and I've got to be honest, we did have some counselling i just thought and the reason we had some counseling we just had a, a couple of sessions is because i just felt you know you it's it's actually having saying those words and having that mm-hmm. conversation and him, him feeling comfortable in saying and i needed to hear him say i feel okay with this yes but you know when you say things when i said to him things like do you still fancy me because you're gonna say that mm. yes because well of course i do you i'm your you know you're my wife well that isn't quite the same as saying I still fancy you and Mm. I needed to I needed to hear that yes and you know you can do it in a safe environment with somebody who's impartial and suddenly think actually yes he does Mm. you know he's you know and and it's sort of exploring that so we're huge fans of therapy we talk a lot
2: about therapy about preemptive therapy going to therapy before there's a crisis point because and especially and and after children after a trauma Mm. sex is a huge barometer for what's going on and it often it often takes a hit but it's important it's it's not that you don't have to swing from the chandeliers it's about intimacy and it's about Mm. that, that couple being together and you know, and we also talk about not don't not ignoring it if there's yeah. a problem. Mm. But a therapist is so helpful to help you say those words and to find those words. You don't always know what to say. You know,
4: it's made a massive, just those couple of sessions yeah. have made a massive difference. I mean, my husband and I, we've been married, It will be 10 years um, next May. We've been together 18 years. Oh um, and yet now... This moment in time is the closest we've ever been. Really? We're probably okay. nearly out of time. We are nearly out of time. I, I've got I got one think we more could question. spend
2: hours talking. So, you were awarded, and I'm cl- I, this is my yeah, closer. Okay. This is the closer. Uh, you were awarded a CBE um, for your services, but for your services, your, uh, in recognition of the services. It was more, it was kind of a business CBE, wasn't it? The fact that you'd raised this amazing business for women run by women. How did that feel to be recognised? after oh.
4: nearly being arrested, and comments mm. and sneers and criticism.
2: For... I mean,
4: It's the highlight of my career. I mean, it, it absolutely was because, you know, to have gone through all of those challenges and then to be recognised, you know, for f- female uh, b- female business, female empowerment, entrepreneurship, um, social enterprise as well, you know, to, to be recognised for all of those things that you feel passionate about was just a very special moment in time. Um, and it it was so important to me. I took my daughter to the uh, to to Windsor Castle when I was presented because I wanted her to see mummy. Yes. You know, receiving that award and knowing that you know that could how be her old one is she day. now? Is well, she's yeah. ten now, but right. she she this was in twenty sixteen. So but how wonderful! She was seven at she the time. Saw
2: her <clears throat> mummy do that. I mean, that's a momentous thing for her to see. It's been such a joy to well, have you here. It's been brilliant. Oh, thank, thank you, really you so lovely. much.
3: That was Jacqueline Gold, Jacqueline Gold, Jacqueline Gold. She's a business entrepreneur, entrepreneur, entrepreneur. Everything she does is fabulous, fabulous. I love that you
2: have a Jacqueline Gold song already. It's just That's a jingle. So great. I'm sort
3: of hoping that she, she unfortunately, she's not still here. Because if she was, I think she would sign me up to do some of her advertising. I, I think you should be the
2: answer. I always thought I should animal. have been in jingles. But Jacqueline Gold's really formidable, isn't she? She's, she's really formidable. She's really changed the face of how people perceive sex in this country. And it's not like, it's not a niche thing. Mm. Sex isn't a niche subject. It's something most grown-ups do on a regular or not that regular basis, but it's something we talk about. And it's so funny, for something that permeates almost every part of our life, Mm. movies, music, I mean, 99.9% of songs are about love and sex. Mm. And yet there's so much shame around talking about it honestly. It's so odd. So she is... She's Single-handedly, an well, and our amazing, amazing team. But she has done something really quite amazing I know. and And if remarkable.
3: you do want to find out more about her, I mean, Cherry, you did quite a lot of research and I did as yeah. well, but she's had an amazing life. I reckon that she'd be up for a biopic. I'm just thinking oh, that kind of, you know, totally... God, who would play her? Um, someone really Ooh. glamorous. I would have thought, like, Suranne Jones, maybe? Yes. I'm going to pitch Reese, this Reese, to ITV. A Reese Witherspoon? Yeah, Reese Witherspoon, yeah. exactly. Because she's, she's got so many different challenges that she's overcome. And She's got two she's books. She's got two books. I highly recommend Do you? reading them. Also, um, the hotbed have got a book as well. I don't know if have you've they? heard about them. <laughs> they got a book. Anarchy. <laughs> They've got I more orgasms, please. Is it, I, I did actually give her a copy. In closing... You're responsible for this. I've been listening to a lot of manifestation DVDs, like Good. audio. How's that going? How's that going? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's it's <laughs> basically you have to think about crazy things happening, yes. and then apparently they happen. Have you mm-hmm.
2: written anything down? Um,
3: that's, what really, things, that's really. You see- have to write it in the that's present tense, don't you? Really put, it's a really important trick. You need so to what do you write? I'm so going to have example, an amazing.
2: I am going to earn five thousand pounds from speaking engagements. And did it happen this year. You are yeah. Oh. Yeah, over the, over the course of a year, you know, 500 here
3: and 200. As in, see, I wrote I was going to be able to support my family on the proceeds of publishing. Yes. It hasn't happened yet. But see, that's the problem, is I need to still keep on going because I'm on the journey.
2: No, but you know what? You've, you've written I'm going to be. Oh, I am. I, I am. I support my family off the proceeds of my creative
3: Endeavours. Endeavours. I support my family. Okay, I'm going to yeah, write that down. So you have to be really careful
2: and you have to reread it a couple of times mm. throughout the year. So I go back and check mine. At the well, beginning of every January, I write a manifestation grid. So I've mm. got spiritual, I've got um, financial, I've, um, so health. Because I had
3: a look to see what her net worth was. Yes. And on Wikipedia, it said $470 million. She's the 16th 16th most richest woman. Most richest. But Cherry Healy is the 15th. (laughs) I'm I'm, um, I'm probably the 17th. Well, but so do I write down, (laughs) I am the 16th richest woman in the UK? Yes. I I have a CBE. Yes. Isn't that just called being deluded? Yes, those are silly (laughs) ones. The universe mocks you, Anarchy. Oh, okay. So I could say I am. Oh, yeah, the I can hear seventh... the universe laughing at you right now. I'm the 700th richest woman in the UK. You can try that. Give... I...
2: Why not give it? A go. But I do think, in terms of, it works a lot better than more specific you are. Okay. So in terms of finances, I write down what I'd like to earn from each different revenue stream I have. Mm. It doesn't always work, but it's quite fun going back and having a look. Because it focuses your
3: mind as well in terms of yeah. saying yes or no to. Honestly, things. when I
2: was when I was. Dating, I pretty much described Carl. Did you?
3: Yeah. And he is as he is. And there he is. Oh my God is he a real person though? He's a real person I know. Is he? That's Well amazing. we'll see time will, time will tell whether he's a robo man. <laughs> he's an avatar yes. I'll take him
2: though, I don't mind love an avatar.
3: I can remember just finally we were at one of our events and Carl is very good looking, you don't mind me saying oh, that do you? He's such a dish, he's honestly. Um, but I think he was probably one of the only men there <laughs> and he did get chatted up by quite a lot of women Such a good and sport, I felt like I was be? being his, his bouncer a bit because there was one woman who was being very over, I don't know enthusiastic? Yeah, maybe a few a few Drinks on, and she thought this is game. I don't know why that she should have probably thought, Who is this person and why is he here?
2: Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and leave any comments constructive, please. We like constructive comments, um, and we'd like to move up the uh, iTunes charts. Thank you so much. Share the love, tell your friends, tell everyone.